Greetings and salutations out there, sports fans all across the wide and wonderful internet. It is I, your humble yet glorious host, Michael Shibley, here for another glorious edition of Modern Day Gladiators here on the Outlander Media Network in the Outlander Media Network studios. Finally able to get in here. Thank you for super producer and network owner Terry for letting me in and causing some trouble here and talking sports and pro wrestling with you guys on the Outlander Media Network in the new studios. We've got a great show as always of course playoff pandemonium we've got some legal issues going on we've got also All Elite Wrestling finally has a TV deal we will talk more about that and more but of course yes you are listening to Modern Day Gladiators here on the Outlander Media Network and of course you can head over to outlandermedia.net Net where you can check out all the other great shows that we've got, including Haffle, Phantasm, Deadbeat Radio, and of course, coming soon, DLC Respawn, Scared Stupid, and of course, uh, Night Demons as well. So some other really awesome shows that are coming up, so you guys want to check those out. And you can check us out, of course, wherever you get your great podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and of course, wherever you are, please like, subscribe, share, give us those five-star reviews. That's how we get us out into the ether and out there into the world so more people can check us out. And of course, as always, you can follow me on social media, on Instagram and on Facebook at Modern Day Gladiators. Just give us a like, give us a follow there, post pictures, post some live updates, do things there. And of course, you can also follow me on Twitter at Michael underscore Shibley. Come at me. I want to hear your comments. I want to hear your critiques, everything. I want to hear it all because I would love to get into some debates with you guys and talk about everything and how everything's going with you and what you think of the show. Always want to talk about that. So let's dive right into it. Of course, we have had some high drama in the NBA playoffs, which has just been phenomenal. It took a little while for the NBA playoffs to get going. Trust me, some of those first-round matchups were... They were just not good at all. But man, we had some great endings to the conference semifinals, including the first-ever buzzer beater in a Game 7, which was just amazing, as the Raptors' Kawhi Leonard literally bounces the 76ers from Game 7. That shot over Joel Embiid as the buzzer sounded, it bounced off the rim four times before falling. Again, the first-ever winning buzzer beater in a Game 7 in the playoffs, which was amazing as the Raptors knock out the 76ers 92-90 in seven games. What a great moment there. And is that going to mean now the monkey is finally off the Raptors' back? Because, again, they could not beat LeBron James and the Cavaliers forever in the playoffs. Now, now they got Kawhi, and now LeBron is not even in the playoffs, let alone out west. So we'll see what they're going to be able to do. It's going to be really interesting, but of course, they're going to have to deal with a Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and the Milwaukee Bucks as they just trounced the Celtics 4-1. to They lost big in that first game, but then after that, it was just a nightmare for the Celtics as the Bucks were just went crazy. The Greek freak was awesome. He lived up to his MVP status when we talk about everything with him. So that was awesome. That should be a great series. That game is getting underway tonight as of this recording. Then, of course, you move out west. You had the Blazers defeating the Nuggets in Game 7, 196. C.J. McCollum with 37 points in a 17-point comeback there for the Blazers on the road, which was just another great win 
for them. And again, it's going to set up a very interesting series with the Warriors. With We'll get to it in a second, their series with the Warriors. But the Warriors, without Kevin Durant, who has had that calf strain, they were able to win at the Rockets 118-113 in Game 6 to knock the Rockets out of these playoffs. People were thinking it was going to at least go to a Game 7 because the Rockets are playing at home and they don't have the two-time Finals MVP in Kevin Durant on the court. But yet, Harden and Paul were not, James Harden and Chris Paul were not able to get it done. They almost could be done as a group when it comes to being any type of conceivable threat. We'll have to see what happens in the seasons to come, but they just can't get past this iteration of the Warriors. And yes, you didn't have Kevin Durant, but you still got the Splash Brothers. Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, they went off like they did when they won their first title. Steph Curry, 33 points. Klay Thompson, 27 points. It was amazing to see. And then you set up a very interesting series between the Portland Trailblazers and the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. Game 1 happened last night as of this recording. And the Warriors, again, without Durant for Game 1, they're probably not going to have him for Game 2 either. But the Warriors were still able to win Game 1 over the Blazers, 116-94. to It's a good time for Curry to start shooting himself out of this slump. Nine three-pointers giving him 36 total points, and again, Clay Thompson, 26 points, so the Splash Brothers doing okay right now without Kevin Durant. Moving on really quickly as well to when you look at where this is all going to go, and again, the champs, as Ric Flair has always said, and I will keep repeating, to be the man, you've got to beat the man, and right now the Warriors, still the man, they might be down a little bit, but they are still the one throwing those haymakers, we'll see who comes out of the East, but right now the Warriors are looking like the team to beat, as I've been saying, all playoff long, it's just had a couple more wrinkles have been thrown in there, which is always interesting to see, now it's going to see if you know, is Kawhi Leonard going to be able to fight with the Raptors to get out, or is the Greek Freak and the Bucks going to be able to challenge the Warriors? We will see. Should be some really interesting playoffs. I definitely think that Eastern Conference Final is probably going to go six or seven games, I like to think. This other one, if Game 1 is in the indication, especially without Kevin Durant, that they've been able to do this, I could see the Warriors winning in five, maybe six. We'll have to see. But I like right now, if I had to make a pick, I've got the Warriors, and I've got the Bucks. I think that'll be an awesome contest as we get into the finals, but we'll see. Moving on real quick, talking about the NBA Draft Lottery. I'm going to do this in a fraction of the time it took ESPN to talk about it. They devoted pretty much the whole day to talking about the Draft Lottery. Not the draft itself, just picking ping pong balls out and seeing who gets the first pick. Yes, it is for Zion, so it is for pretty much a franchise-changing player, or that's what we are all led to believe, having Zion Williamson as that number one pick. And it went to the New Orleans Pelicans. That was amazing to see. And again, it's good karma for them after everything Anthony Davis has been crying about and demanding trades and not getting it. Now he might stay, because obviously the Pelicans are going to pick Zion, one would think, unless they're going to give up the whole city for it. But... I'm very sure they're going to pick it. It was great to see the image of the ticketing staff for the New Orleans Pelicans celebrating after they got the first pick. And it helped because they sold 2,000 new season tickets in the hours immediately following the fact that they knew they were going to get the first pick in the draft. Of course, the New York Knicks are upset because they fell to number three. They were hoping to get that number one pick. Again, we're going to see what's going to happen. Anthony Davis still is wanting to be traded. We'll have to see. Uh, But again, it showed 
this was great because the Pelicans, the Grizzlies, uh, the Knicks, the Lakers, and the Cavaliers, those are your top five. The Pelicans, Grizzlies, and Lakers all made huge jumps because, again, they've evened out the percentages a little bit in the lottery where last year the team with the worst record had a 25% chance and then it went down from there. This year they changed it to where the three worst teams had a 14% chance, and then it kind of went down from there. The Pelicans had a 6% chance of getting the number one pick, and their ping-pong balls came up roses. So that was great to see. And again, I like the idea of him going to New Orleans. You don't have to go to a big market to be a big star. We have seen that now, especially with social media and the TV deals that they have. You're going to be able to see him no matter where he is, Again, I think it's awesome that the Pelicans and the Memphis Grizzlies have picks one and two. They are the two smallest market teams that the NBA has. So, again, I wish ESPN didn't devote hours and hours of programming, including the hour leading up to the whole kit and caboodle of making this, the whole show and all of that stuff. I just wish they would have just edited it out and just cut it down because that was way, way too long. Speaking of being long, and this has not actually been long, the NHL uh, playoffs, they're in their conference finals. It might not be long for the Carolina Hurricanes. They are down three games to none to the Boston Bruins. Uh, The Carolina talking about they've been eating a real poop sandwich when it comes to the way they've been playing, and they're right. But the Bruins have a chance to make it a clean sweep coming up later this week. Meanwhile, the Sharks and the Blues, they're tied at one game apiece, their game getting played tonight as of this recording, so that should be awesome. I think that one's going to be a knockdown drag-out series, which again will give the Bruins a chance to rest if they can complete the sweep. I do think the Carolina uh, Hurricanes are going to come in and at least win one game. It is the NHL. Weird things happen in the NHL in the playoffs, so that wouldn't surprise me at all. One of the big surprises, though, was in the UEFA Champions League. We talked about it last week when Liverpool came all the way back against Barcelona without uh, Mohamed Salah, their best player. It was amazing to see their comeback. There was another great comeback. The Hotspurs of Tottenham came all the way back with a hat trick by Lucas Moura from Brazil. And including a goal in injury time, there was six minutes of added time Headed on because of injuries and whatnot, like they do in soccer. And he scored in that sixth minute uh, to complete the hat trick and to tie the score 3-3 on aggregate. But because it was played at Ajax, Tottenham advances on away goals because away goals do weigh more. Just ripping the heart out of Ajax, who has been upsetting people left and right. They knocked out Juventus, they knocked out Real Madrid, but they fall in the semifinals. So it's going to be an all-English Premier League final In Madrid, Tottenham versus Liverpool, that's coming up on June 1st, and right around there as well, the Europa League, which is the, uh, it's kind of the NIT tournament almost for the Champions League. So the teams that don't make it into Champions League play, they play in the Europa League, that's an all-English Premier League final as well. You've got Chelsea versus Arsenal, that one's taking place in Baku, Azerbaijan, which is an interesting place, but... We'll see. That's going to be interesting. you got to wonder, because I doubt it, because, again, the SEC is completely different than every other league out there where, you know, they chant SEC whenever anything happens, which, by the way, I've said this before on this show, I think that is stupid. I'm not rooting for Alabama for anything. I'm not rooting for Florida for anything. I'm not rooting for Kentucky basketball for anything. No, 
Tennessee guy. That's it. So I doubt, even though they have every right to do that, I wonder if the English Premier League fans are all chanting, EPL, EPL, because SEC, that would make sense. doesn't make sense they're in England because all of these teams hate each other. You've seen how their fans react to each other. So that's it. Uh, though congratulations, speaking of the Premier League, congratulations to Manchester City for winning the whole league play there in the Premier League with 98 points to Liverpool's 97. I mean, these... Man City and Liverpool had to just keep winning games to keep pace with each other. It was amazing to see. The 97 points that Liverpool had was the third most points ever scored in the history of Premier League, and they didn't even win because Man City was that much better. Liverpool had one loss, but those seven draws are what cost them. Manchester City had four losses, but two draws, and again, you get three points for a win, one point for a draw, zero points for a loss, and it all balanced out there to give Manchester City 98 points to Liverpool's 97. What a chase in all of that. Some people don't like how that pool play kind of works with a round-robin format because it can get over quickly, but again, there's still a lot to play for because you play for... Uh, the ability to go to the Champions League, or you're going to end up in the Europa League, or if you finish in the bottom three, the thing I love about European soccer the most, they have relegation. So there's no tanking in the Premier League. There's none of that. Because guess what? You suck too bad, you go down to the level below. It's like, again, Major League Baseball, say the Phillies are just terrible, or let's just use a better example, my Baltimore Orioles are just absolutely terrible, and then they get, guess what? You get to play in AAA baseball, next season, and the Toledo Mud Hens from AAA get to come up above that. So that's what would happen there. But, hey, that is not how that goes when it comes to professional sports here, though I do love the idea of relegation like nobody's business here in uh, European soccer. But uh, that's going to wrap up here, the first segment. But before we get to break, I do want to thank JoeShirt.com. JoeShirt, they're one of our sponsors here at Outlander Media. It's been amazing to have them here. They've got some great ideas for some new uh, shirts for us. We've got merch coming, which is going to be great, which you, of course, will be able to check out at OutlanderMedia.net. But you can go again to JoeShirt.com. They're locally owned here in Knoxville. They've been doing this for over 30 years. So, again, they can do shirts. They can do banners. They can do mugs. They can do anything that you've got. They can help you create a design, create a logo that's going to help your business, and it's just going to be amazing for them. So, again, check out JoeShirt.com. And they can, again, help your business grow along with the awesomeness that you already bring to your business. So check them out. And again, we thank them for sponsoring us here at Outlander Media. We are going to take a quick break, but coming up, of course, it's Shibbles and Bits here on Modern Day Gladiators on the Outlander Media Network. Ah, yes, you hear the music. You know what time it is. It's time for Shibbles and Bits here on Modern Day Gladiators on the Outlander Media Network. Again, Michael Shibley, your host, still here. 
still in the new Outlander Media Studios. Hope you guys have been having a great one out there. You guys are lovely for listening in. Appreciate it. We're going to let the Pink Panther just keep on rolling here, as always. But again, let's dive into shibbles and bits with a lot of legality stuff going on, uh, or legalese. I don't, I don't know the right term for it. But again, stuff going on with law and uh, lawyering and all these other fun things. So this should be really interesting to dive into. But unfortunately, that's the way it's going. Uh, the first one starts here. Tiger Woods and his restaurant manager, also his girlfriend, Erica Herman. Uh, they uh, own the Woods Restaurant. They're in Jupiter, Florida. They are being sued uh, for the wrongful death of an employee who, after working a shift there back in December, drank alcohol at the restaurant before being killed in a car crash. The, uh, the bartender was Nicholas Immisberger, and according to police, he had a blood alcohol reading of .256, which is more than three times the legal limit in Florida. And uh, what happened was Immisberger lost control of his car on a federal highway in Florida, suffered fatal injuries. He was pronounced dead at the scene. And what they're talking about is the fact that Tiger Woods, Herman, and other employees were aware that Immisberger had a drinking problem, uh, but regularly overserved him uh, during and after his work shifts. And now, of course, the lawyer has come out and claimed that uh, the team there at the Woods restaurant in Jupiter, Florida, had uh, destroyed evidence that showed him drinking there for three hours before he drove home. So, again, it is a messy situation. And meanwhile, it doesn't help that Tiger Woods is playing in the PGA Championship this week up at Beth Page Black, up in New York. So he's got that going on. But again, Tiger is saying the right things where he's... Uh, you know, expressing sympathy that the man passed away. But again, Tiger is being smart about this and just letting his lawyers handle it. We will see where this all goes as it plays out. But again, just a terrible situation. And it's one of the things where, and again, someone who's worked as someone who's worked in the bar industry, that's why you don't drink during your shift. Even if you're a bartender and someone's buying drinks for you, you just don't do that. I mean, we don't do that. Uh, the last bar that I've worked at, uh, they're not drinking on shift. They only do it after they've clocked out. And again, we've got great bartenders who make you well aware of if you've had one too many. So again, just a sad situation, and we will see where it all goes. I'm assuming there's going to be some sort of settlement. I doubt this is going to go to a trial. That's just my opinion on it. We will see where it goes. Speaking of maybe going to a trial or not going to a trial, also down in Florida... Prosecutors now have been told they cannot use the secretly recorded video allegedly showing New England Patriots owner Roger Kraft engaging in massage parlor sex. Uh, this was ruled back on Monday, striking a serious blow, <laughs> pun probably intended there, uh, to the case charging him with uh, soliciting prosecute, or prosecutes, prostitutes. In the 10-page ruling... Uh, judge Leonard Hasner wrote the Jupiter Police Detectives and the judge who issued the search warrant for allowing the secret installation of cameras at the Orchids of Asia Day Spa in Jupiter did not do enough to minify, minimize the invasion of privacy of other customers, some of whom received only legal massages. And again, we've talked about this before where, again, you can't, you can't go out and just keep being judges of morality. Again, Roger Kraft, he's a 77-year-old guy. He's a widower, so you've got consenting adults with pay and things like that. 
we could have a long conversation about legalizing sex work in this country and all these different things. Because, again, they, the reason they set up these cameras in the first place at this spa was to detect human trafficking. But, again, they have all these other massages going on that are perfectly legal and perfectly on the up and up. And, again, it's interesting where you're going to judge on that. Kraft, though, at 77, pleaded not guilty, but he has not denied the accusation that he received sexual acts for money at the spa. Uh, his lawyer's arguments against the charges Kraft has essentially admitted that he was caught on video receiving such services. But again, we're talking about the ability to present that video evidence, and they are not wanting to do that. And again, that's just going to just destroy pretty much the prosecution's entire case because all they could have to do is say, look at the video. And you would probably get some sort of conviction, but it looks like that might not even happen at this point, which is why Robert Kraft wanted to go to trial. And it looks like, you know, especially if he's found not guilty or the charges are dropped, they might not even suspend him with the NFL. So we'll see how all that goes. But again, this could just be a big waste of taxpayer time and money when you just talk about 77-year-old guy maybe getting a rub and tug at a massage parlor right before the AFC Championship game, or then you fly to Kansas City to watch your Patriots uh, play against the Chiefs. We'll see. But again, I, I'm not going to go down that road. You can check in back on one of the older episodes of Modern Day Gladiators and talk about my opinion of the whole idea of legalizing sexual sex workers and regulating them and all that other stuff. It's the same as marijuana the same as all these other things it's the same as sports gambling legalize it tax it you are just going to save so much police resources to go after the things that are really causing problems in this country so that's just my opinion if you want to debate me come at me on twitter at michael underscore shibley and i'll be happy to talk with you there meanwhile speaking of other old men who are low lives sep blatter the former president of FIFA, who was removed in a massive corruption scandal, so always remember that, that he was removed in a massive corruption scandal, he is now claiming that he wants his uh, watches back. It is one of the most ridiculous things that you'll ever hear. This guy who, again, removed massive corruption scandal. They were literally selling votes for the World Cup in both South Africa Russia, and Qatar. I mean, we, we can trace it to all of those. But he wants uh, he wants some pension payments and for his former employer to clear his name, but his current focus is a, a strangely personal dispute over the fate of dozens of luxury watches that he said he was unable to retrieve from the FIFA headquarters after he was forced out of the organization in 2015. He's got... FIFA has not returned, apparently, 80 watches from brands like Patek Philippe, IWC, and Omega. You know, watches I can't afford unless more of you guys start listening and downloading this podcast. Then maybe, just maybe, I can get, you know, half of a watch, maybe half of an Omega. But that's beside the point. Uh, he was including them in a lawsuit he plans to file against the organization because, again, they've just done a terrible thing to his, uh, his reputation. That's what he. It's, it's it's a personal thing to him, which I find ridiculous because you were busted with corruption, and the only reason you've never shown back up in the U.S. is because we would obviously arrest you for a lot of this stuff, which is just amazing. And again, he's been banned for six years, starting in 2015, from doing anything with soccer. 
and all this other stuff. It's again ridiculous, and it's just you. You talk about rich people problems. This is another rich people problems that we're talking about, and just shows how much Sepp Blatter is delusional. He was treated like a king almost for so many years. He just can't let it go at all, and just needs to go away and just live in retirement with all the money that he still has, and just be quiet. Because now he's also coming out and saying that big money is ruining soccer. You're the one who brought all the big money into it. Do we even need to talk about the private lanes that you got or the fact that you got just royal treatment pretty much wherever you walked in all these countries that obviously couldn't afford it for some of this World Cup things? I'm not even going to dive into that because that would take a whole episode to talk about that. So again, Sepp Blatter, just go quietly away, please. It would make all of us so very, very happy. <laughs> Moving back over here on this neck of the woods here in Knoxville, postseason baseball is almost here in the college ranks. The UT softball team, they lost to Auburn in the quarterfinals of the SEC tournament, uh, won by Florida over Alabama. But the good thing for the Lady Vols, they do get a number 12 national seed in the NCAA tournament. So they get to host a regional, which is really awesome, as always. It's great to have that postseason play on your home diamond. Uh, they're going to be hosting Longwood, Ohio State, and North Carolina. The Lady Vols will face uh, Longwood, and then they will face the winner of Ohio State, North Carolina. It's a double elimination, so it'll keep going until you've got a winner out of those four teams, and then they advance to the Super Regional, who will play out of the region with the five seed, which is the Florida Gators. And again, you win two out of three games in the Super Regional, then you go to the College World Series, where you've got the last eight teams remaining, and then it's a double elimination until you get to the finals, where it's a best of three. Make sense? Good. Uh, I will, of course, repeat this as far as the Lady Vols keep on going. But again, congratulations to the SEC. You talk about domination in football. The SEC is doing some dominating on the softball diamond as well, as all 13 teams for the second year in a row, I believe, made the NCAA tournament. And six of them are hosting regionals. Florida with the 5 seed, Alabama the 8, LSU 10, Ole Miss 11, the Lady Vols 12, and Kentucky the 14 seed. So that is awesome to see as softball continues to dominate here. Of course, Oklahoma number one and UCLA number two, two other perennial softball powers. So keep an eye on that. If you get a chance over on the ESPN networks, check out the postseason softball play. It's fun. It's intense. It's really fun to watch. Meanwhile, if, as long as I keep banging into the mic, uh, the Tennessee baseball team, they won two out of three at Florida, and that clinches a spot in the SEC tournament, which is great because only the top eight teams get to participate in that. And also, that pretty much guarantees the Vols to get back to the NCAA tournament for the first time in a while. So that's going to be really interesting. Maybe they're going to host a regional. I don't know. I don't think they have the record to do that yet. We'll see how the rest of the season goes. But congratulations to third baseman Andre Lipkius. Uh, he was the SEC Player of the Week. Over the week, he batted 533. He had, the big game was four hits on Saturday with a win against Florida. Uh, he had two doubles, a home run, three RBIs, and two runs in that game. Also for the Vols, they defeated Tennessee Tech 15-10. So again, a great week uh, for the Vols. A great seven days has been for them. And then they're going to wrap up the regular season uh, versus number 15 Ole Miss at beautiful Lindsey Nelson Stadium on the campus of the University of Tennessee. So check that out. We're going to end Shibbles and Bits here with a really fun uh, note. This is amazing. It's this Texas track star 
and his name is Matthew Bowling, and he went out in the last big state meet of the year. He went out and he set a new official high school record: ten ten point one three seconds in the one hundred meter dash, which is just amazing when you think about it. I mean, that's one of the top times of the whole year around the world when you talk about running in the 100 meter dash which is amazing and then of course you also have he also won the long jump 25 feet uh four and a half inches which was amazing and then in the four by 400 meter relay for his team he closed 30 meter gap in the anchor leg during that four by 400 meter relay and he ran the anchor leg in 44.74 seconds meanwhile the world record just to let you know by uh, south african wade van nickrick uh was 43.03 seconds so he's running fast and he's a high school senior also i've completely buried the lead here he's white which is amazing it's amazing no matter what color skin or what you know where you are on the spectrum when it comes to race and everything that you're able to run that fast as a high schooler but you have not seen a white kid run that fast on this big of a stage in a long time which is really interesting to see and I used to run track back in the day and I consider myself fast I'm pretty sure I'm still the fastest person here at Outlander Media I would challenge any of these guys to a race. I will throw down the gauntlet on this episode. If any of the other guys from Outlander Media hear this, I, Michael Shibley, will challenge you to a 100-meter sprint wherever you want to have it, and I think I'm going to win. So bring it. Just bring it on. Anytime, anywhere, any place. Let's do it. Hey, let's do it at just any of the other live events that we've got coming up, including you know Alien Expo in August or the Fanboy Expo in July, both of them at the Knoxville Convention Center. You can check out uh, outlandermedia.net for both of those. You can check us out. We're going to have the booth there. We're going to be doing live podcasts. It's going to be a lot of fun. So come over and check all of us out there, and maybe I'll run the 100-meter dash against one of the other guys from Outlander. I would love to do that. That would be amazing. And I say bring it on. And, of course, we're going to end uh, real quick talking about this. I just watched this last night, the Muhammad Ali documentary that they had. What's my name? Muhammad Ali. Talking about his life uh, and through his pretty much his own words. They did not have a narrator. They did not have any type of voiceover of any kind. It was just news clips and footage of him boxing. It was a great two-part series in his own words, pretty much, just talking about the history of Muhammad Ali. So if you have HBO or if you're one of my friends and have stolen someone's or borrowed somebody's HBO Go password, you should check out What's My Name, Muhammad Ali. It was amazing. Check it out. If you've been a fan of Muhammad Ali, even if you barely know anything about him, check him out. Because he really was the greatest. And one of the guys he attributed a lot of his success to, especially getting the persona of his was Gorgeous George, the old professional wrestler. So that's someone you need to check out as well. So Because there's been a lot of people who's like, I don't like anything about pro wrestling. Oh, do you like Muhammad Ali? Yeah. Where do you think he got that persona from? I don't know. He developed it himself. No, Gorgeous George helped him out, and he learned from him. So pro wrestling helps people in real life. You're welcome. So speaking of professional wrestling... On a sad note, we want to talk about this real quick. Rest in peace to Silver King. He was a legend in uh, Lucha Libre. He was also part of the great cruiserweights that came over uh, to WCW during the Monday Night Wars. Uh, He and Juventud Guerrera had some great matches. So again, uh, rest in peace to Silver King. And uh, feel bad for your family. 
Uh, he, many of you who might not have watched wrestling regularly, he was Ramsey's in Nacho Libre with Jack Black. So that's another place you might have been able to check him out. So again, rest in peace and condolences to his family. But uh, again, he will be missed. Moving on though, All Elite Wrestling. I mentioned this when we started the show. They have a TV deal. And it's going to be on TNT. The Turner Networks are bringing back professional wrestling. They had Georgia Championship Wrestling on TBS forever. They had the WWE for about half a second. And then Ted Turner brought in the NWA slash WCW to TBS. And Monday Nitro was on TNT. So they are bringing it. It's going to be great. It's starting this fall. It's bringing big television competition for Vince with the WWE. So we'll see where that goes. We'll see what they're going to decide to do it's great to see and it looks like it's probably going to be on a Tuesday night which again many of you are thinking oh well they're going to go head to head with Smackdown no because remember Smackdown is moving to Friday nights with Fox so again it's they're going to have their own night to be themselves and grow organically which I think is amazing hats off to the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and Cody and the Khan family and for striking this deal with the Turner Networks. I think it's going to be amazing, and I think it's going to bring some great competition to the WWE. And speaking of WWE, their wild card rule has continued, which I've already forgotten the rules about it. Remember, they're supposed to say four people from each show can move back and forth. Who the hell knows? That's been thrown out the window at this point. But uh, they do have a good pay-per-view coming up here this weekend, and that is WWE Money in the Bank. Let me give you a quick rundown of my picks, and then we will get out of here for the day. But Money in the Bank, first off, Daniel Bryan and Rowan versus the Usos. Of course, Daniel Bryan and Rowan are the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. The titles are not on the line, and this is also in the pre-show, which this could be a main event match, really. Both of these, I mean, the Usos are one of the best tag teams on the planet at this point and Daniel Bryan and Rowan make a pretty good big little team as well but I've got Daniel Bryan and Rowan getting the win there the cruiserweight title is on the line as Tony Nese is taking on Aria Davari I've got Tony Nese retaining his championship there Samoa Joe defends the United States championship against Rey Mysterio I've got Samoa Joe uh retaining there even though Dominic uh, Rey Mysterio's son might get involved we'll see but I like Samoa Joe to retain there Roman Reigns versus Elias this should obviously be a win for Roman Reigns but I actually am going to pick Elias uh, to win after some chicanery and some just backstabbing and weird things happening I've got Elias winning somehow the Miz versus Shane in a steel cage match hopefully to finally end this long and boring feud I've got the Miz getting the win there the men's money in the bank match Sami Zayn Ricochet Drew McIntyre Baron Corbin Ali Finn Balor Andrade and Randy Orton are all again they hang a briefcase above the ring and in that briefcase is a contract for a guaranteed title match whenever they want to cash it in Someone has been beaten up and and taken to task and uh, just laid bloody in the ring after a match. Guess what? They can come out and say, hey, I want the match right now. And it starts. Ring the bell. And that's what they can do. So that's what we've got going on there. So we'll see what happens. Who's going to grab the briefcase? I'm going to go with Baron Corbin because it looks like they're just going to keep trolling the audience with Baron Corbin at this point. I would prefer someone like Drew McIntyre to win it. But I see where WWE's brain's at, mostly Vince, when it comes to this. So I've got Baron Corbin winning that briefcase. 
Hopefully he doesn't fail to cash it in like he did the first time he won it. Meanwhile, the women's Money in the Bank match, Natalia, Dana Brooke, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, Bailey, Mandy Rose, Ember Moon, and Carmella are in that one. I've got Bailey getting the win there. She needs something good to happen to her. She's lost her tag team partner because Sasha Banks is just having some issues right now and on the outs with the company. She's asked for her release. A bunch of mess right now, so Bailey needs a new direction. Giving her maybe the Money in the Bank briefing case will do something with that. Uh, the WWE Championship on the line. Kofi Kingston defending against Kevin Owens. I've got Kofi retaining, but it's not going to be a clean victory. I think there's going to be some sort of disqualification or double count out or something, but I do have Kofi retaining his championship there. The Universal Championship on the line. Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. A lot of retains. I don't have many titles changing hands in this one because I've got Seth Rollins retaining, though I do think that's going to be an awesome match with AJ Styles. Uh, it, I mean, it should be. It's guaranteed to be an awesome match. You got Seth Rollins, you got AJ Styles, two of the best in the business going at it. If they give them enough time, should be an awesome match there. Meanwhile, the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships are on the line as Becky Lynch is defending both titles in separate matches. She's defending the SmackDown title against her old nemesis, Charlotte Flair, and then she's defending the Raw Women's Championship against Lacey Evans. I've got her winning both of those matches, but in a little twist, I've got Bayley cashing in the money in the brain briefcase to take the SmackDown championship. That's where I see that going. Could be fun. Money in the Bank, it's always interesting. It adds a very interesting wrinkle to how everything goes, and uh, we'll see what direction they decide to go with that. But speaking of wrestling, before I get out of here, we've got to plug the Next Generation Wrestling uh, there in Georgia. We've got a uh, an event there with them. It's the Win in Rome event happening June 1st in Rome, Georgia. So, of course, you can go to Outlander Media. Uh, .net. You can check out all the information there, but it's going to be a great event happening June 1st down in Rome, Georgia. All the guys here from the Outlander Network are going to be down there. It should be a lot of fun, so check it out if you're in the area or come down from Knoxville. We're going to go down there. Hope you guys have a good one. I think Joey Ryan's going to be one of the guys down there. So again, be sure to check that out with us in uh down in Rome, Georgia with Next Generation Wrestling. But that's going to wrap it up for me. I have been Michael Shibley. Thank you guys for tuning in as always. I will see you next week. Too sweet. Love you. Adios.